of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> What's up, guys? We are, uh, we're back to talk about uh, UFC Paris and uh, the two fights, the co-main and the main that we talked about last week and kind of go over the no-hitter, right? We're uh, two for two on those. Well, and not only were you two for two, but you kind of called them both exactly how they're going to go. And we'll, we'll go through with each one of them, but you nailed the predictions exactly what was going to happen. There are some fights, I think, in, just in the sport that are – there's only so – so many ways they can go with the ways that the guys fight yeah and uh and and obviously we'll get to them when we when we do but um they yeah they played out they played out exactly how i thought they would and could play out i guess first fight then we'll jump right into it Whitaker Vittori uh goes three rounds unanimous decision exactly what you said one judge scored at 30 27 I believe the other two got at 29 28 yeah the the first round that was the first question I wanted to ask you when I when I got finished watching round one I'm like man I have no idea how I would score this how did you score I gave it to Whitaker but I gave it to him just because I could tell he was he was laying out the second and the third round. Okay. He was he was feeling everything out. He was timing everything. Yeah. He was getting his range down, and he was uh, he was setting things up. He was setting traps. And if you watched the second round, that's when all of a sudden he started landing clean shots. That right real hand, clean shots. Yeah. that overhand right was just connecting. Money. Yeah, it was money. And and that's what he was setting up in, in the first round. So uh, I gave that to him just because. Uh, Marvin Vittori didn't do a whole lot. Yep. You know, it, it was a close fight looking at it, but if you're if you're watching it to see, you know, what's actually taking place, that's what I had taking place. I had him win in the first round. It's interesting if you look at the significant strikes in the first round. Uh, Whitaker was tw- 22 versus 14 for Vittori. So, I know it's not always about volume. It's going to be about the imp- the results of that volume. Right. But I think at that point when they're so close. And you got to start splitting hairs. Maybe significant strikes yeah. is what you go to at sure, that point. Sure, sure. And I, as they, as they were going to the judges, I said, and I wish I had it on the on the podcast live. I was like, one judge is going to give the first round yep. to Vittori. The other two are going to give you know all three rounds to to Whitaker, and they did. <laughs> so. In the second round, we talked about it a little bit, but that's when, um, and I've never heard the term, I heard Bobby Knuckles twice. I didn't know if that's a nickname. It's a great nickname, yeah, by the way. I love I, that. I believe that Adesanya is who, who started that, uh, that's a, calling him that. That's a great nickname. Yeah, I love hilarious. it. Um, that's when that right hand started landing, and he also started getting um, the kicks going, and it seemed like that was where Whitaker just started working his right Vittori's left yeah. um, and it just felt like the the left side of Vittoria was was open from the second round on uh, open is a little bit that that may not be fair but that's where he was connecting it was pretty open and you could see there was one punch I forget I forget if it was early or middle of the second round but there was one right hand that landed he landed multiple right hands but there was one right hand that landed that changed the fight for Vittori mm-hmm. you could see it as soon as it landed and he kind of did like a 
shake off. Just like, and cool. I was like, yeah. So now he's now he's on the receiving end, and, and it's going to be hard to turn that around, you know, and, and become offensive again. Yep. And from that point on, he was a one punch guy. He was he'd throw one. You know, he wasn't throwing more than one punch after that. And and when he would, he was getting countered with that straight right. He ate a, a clean head kick uh, in the third round. Yes, he did. No hands. <laughs> like, there was no hands in between. Just ate a straight head kick. He, he ate one that was with the arm, but it was still, you know, plenty to rock him. Yeah. But the one that, uh, he's, boy, he has a solid chin. He ate the other one straight to the head. Talk about when, when you've got your hand up here and, and you're blocking a head kick that comes in obviously your your arm is going to eat some of that sure what is what is the difference between having your hands up and blocking that and do you do you truly block a head kick at that level or is it just reducing the damage versus that one that you talked about that was just clean yeah so i i definitely feel like when you check a head kick the hand should be on the ear. Yep. The elbow should be tucked to the body. Okay. And the other hand should be here. Okay. Okay. There are some that teach to come here just like you would tie pads. Yeah. I don't want to take them across my forearms. Um, that's that's bone to bone on their shin. Yep. When you turn the arm this way, you're going to catch the muscle of the arm. Okay. You don't want your hand away from your head or it's going to get blasted into yes. your head. Right. You know, so your elbow's tucked to the body in case it's coming low and not high. And you can kind of come here and eat it to the body. Yeah. But this hand alone, you want to lean into it, not yep. away. So it Step doesn't knock into it. away. Yep. And then this hand is going to be shin. This hand's going to be, you know, the bottom of the shin foot area. And, and you want to catch it here. If you are, if you're here, it can come short and still catch you in the face. Sure. So you want to, you want that hand there in front. So let me move real quick, but it would be basically here and here tight to the body. Boom. Boom, boom, and, and check it. And if, if you're effective in that, is that a, does it reduce absolutely, significantly? Absolutely. Okay. When I'm teaching, I'll let someone kick a little harder, kick a little harder, throw a little harder, and let them kick so that people in the class can see okay. that you can actually eat that if you check it correctly. Got it. And, and you don't want this hand uh, here. Because if it's here, it's still coming to the side of your head. It's still going to come gotcha. to the ear. Yep. You know, the foot's going to wrap around and catch your head. This is going to cover your ear. This is going to cover your face. Yep. Be right there. Okay. So that's okay. my I love it. lesson for the day. No, that's, that's great. $150, please, just catch up. <laughs> it takes Venmo, by the way. <laughs> um, no, and, and that's, that's good because when you're watching – some of those head kicks, when they get their arms up like that, it sounds loud and it looks big. But if it's blocked correctly, from what I'm hearing, it, and, and from what I've, the, the little experience I have in Muay Thai, if you block it right, it can reduce it. Absolutely. But I've just wondered, I've never been kicked at the level that these guys are throwing. You and can't so, take them all night. Sure. Right? But you can, you can okay. definitely, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you uh, a lot. If you go back years, Dwayne Ludwig and Jens Pulver, uh, I believe it was Dwayne and Jens, um, Jens had a nasty straight left hand, I think, because of southpaw. Um, they went out and chopped his arm apart at the beginning of the fight, okay, just so that his arm would start to drop. Then they went to the head and knocked mm. him out. Okay. But they beat the crap out of his arm to the body, yeah. to the head, just so he would check it a lot. And yeah. the next round, you know, his hand was down and he was able to land there. Round three, Vittori went for what I called a half-hearted takedown. He he tried to go. It didn't it didn't seem like it was with a lot of um, intensity. Whitaker handled it without much effort, yeah. um, and then Whitaker flipped it, and he did a takedown. It was a beautiful yeah. double leg. Great timing. And 
the timing was great and again it it, it didn't both both takedowns didn't look like there was a lot of effort, but for two completely different reasons. The the Vittori one, it just kind of looks like he was half-hearted there. The Whitaker one was so smooth and so easy that it looked like he didn't even have to try very hard, and boom, he flipped him quick. The setup was, is everything on a takedown. If you just shoot a naked takedown with no setup, the guy has all of this time of watching you to get to set up the, the, the sprawl. Uh, Whitaker waited for Vittori to throw. Yep. His hands were literally over him while he level changed under him. Yep. And once you're here, it's yeah, so easy it's, to get just that dump and he just ran him right over from yep. there. Uh, the other thing I noticed, uh, Whitaker's fight IQ in the third round, he had Vittori on a knee, put his hand on top of his head. Uh, Jason came in real quick, the ref, and was like, knee down, knee down. Yeah. And he's like, cool. Uppercut. Huge just uppercut. Huge, huge uppercut. uppercut. Came in and Marvin Vittori has a solid chin. Yeah. Like, there's no question about his chin. He uh, he ate, again, the head kick, the right hands, and that that uppercut right there was kind of a hook uppercut. Yeah. Hard punch. Oh, yeah. Hard just punch. clean. Yeah. Nothing, nothing blocking it and as well. And stood right up. And I, I liked... I mean, you've seen you've seen knee down a lot. I've never seen anybody be like, "Cool, knee down." I'm gonna hit you with my hands because that's still le still right, legal. Like, right. I love that in the moment he was doing that math yeah. and was like, "Cool, I can do this." And then the execution, he bent down, got up underneath it, and the lift that he got on that yeah. uppercut was clean, man. Brought him back to his feet. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. That was that was beautiful. Yeah. So again, I went exactly as you called it. Um, is there anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about in that fight? No, I mean here we are again with uh, where does it what is where, where does Whitaker go? Yeah, and you know he's he's got Adesanya, who's the champ. He's got uh, the guy. I always forget his name just because it, he's it looks got like six Pereira, fights. but yes. I know, but that's Alex not how, Pereira. But um, pronounced differently, I think is is going to fight him, and it is lined up. I was it just going to say yeah. I wanted to correct that before we hit record. I went and looked, and that fight is uh, in November, I believe. It's yeah, two eighty one. I believe off, you know, and if Adesanya's smart, he wrestles him. You know, he, he has enough wrestling and jujitsu to be able to beat a guy who's just started the sport. Yep. You know. Um, and, and hopefully he's smart enough to do that. Um, if he stands with him, I guess we'll see what happens. It's four ounce gloves and, and we'll see how it goes, but it would suck for Adesanya to lose the belt to a guy with six fights yeah. that just came in, you know, and has already knocked you out in, in kickboxing. Um, because I think that guy, like I said, if that guy wins, Whitaker runs him over. Whitaker wrestles him and beats him up all day long. Do you feel like Adesanya with the mentality and the mindset that he has, is he going to want to go in there and be like, you've knocked me out twice. I'm going to show you I'm the better striker. Could you see the, the hubris come in on that and be I mean, like, that would I'm be a hundred percent ego, right? He might do it because of his ego, right? But if he wants to retain the belt and he wants to secure a championship, you know, and, and make the money and, right. and get rid of that guy, right? You know, uh, that's the way to do it. Smart fights you know, on the ground. Uh, yeah, well, so, so we'll see what his fight IQ is. But, um, and I don't know why, like, if someone knocks me out twice, you know, clean, I'm not going to go out and be like, well, now we're in a sport where I'm allowed to take him down. But I think I'm going to give it a shot again on, on the yeah. feet yeah. with three times smaller gloves. Yeah. That's so, a good call. That's a we'll good see. call. I'm excited to see that. That's going to yeah. be a 
going to be a great fight. We've got UFC 280 is going to be legit. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about um, what's coming up with uh, Diaz and Hamzat. Um, but yeah, we've got got a lot of good, a lot of good fights coming up. Yeah. Moving on to Gone and Tuivasa. Um, again, you, you kind of called this. You did not see Tuivasa knocking out Gone, but I, th- I think he was within, uh, he was so close. And after the fight, Searle said, I blacked out. He yeah. knocked me out. Yeah. Um, so I, I laid it out again. This is the one I kind of laid out even more than the other one was I was pretty sure. So Gone is the better striker, right? He's the better fighter. Yeah, and and Tuivasa has that one punch power, so at any point in time he could knock out Cyril Gunn. But if the fight goes, you know, the distance or or even less, it is it is Cyril Gunn who has the better strike who's going to pick him apart, who's going to land, you know. And it was a pretty close first round. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It was, it was back and forth, I believe. And then he started with the teep kick to the belly. And as soon as he started beating up his stomach, that's when, you know, like, how do you condition a stomach like that? Well, right? <laughs> especially with his stomach. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, yeah. how do you condition a, yeah. a stomach like that? I don't know. And, and uh, I thought he fought a great fight, Tuivasa. I thought he fought a, a good fight. He did well trying to close the distance to land his power. You know, he landed a few times. But Cyril Gaon is just smooth, man. He is yeah. so smooth. And, and his footwork, you know, his footwork and speed. You know, it, it played out. He got sat on his, kind of on his butt, right? He, Second round, no drop, yeah, straight drop. He, he hit his butt, and as he was getting up, got hit again, got chased down, was getting hit again, and then survived it. Once he survived that, I was like, yeah, he's going to. I feel like the fight turned because when when he got sat by by Ty, he responded, he, he, he grabbed him, yep. he kind of, you know, wrapped him up a little bit, and then when they stood back up, gone went straight to the body and what he landed in the body i think is what turned the fight at that point because that's when he really hurt 100 when when he stood up it became a one-sided fight yep for gone he's like okay you got me there and then he went you know it was uh, it was the 145 mark in round two when things got wild and from 145 this was i I was looking at the stats on the third or the fourth it ended at the very end of the third. third um so the stats are really interesting. In round one, it was 16 to 6 in favor of Gone for significant strikes. Hmm. So pretty, pretty close in round one. Round two, it was 41 to 15 in favor of Gone. And then in round three, it was 53 to 8. So go back to round two real quick, just so we can explain what power means. What was the score again in the, in the 41 second? to 15. 41 strikes of Gons to 15 of Tuivasa's. Correct. But Tuivasa dropped Gon on his butt, yep. beat him up while he was getting up, was throwing punches, and still was outstruck 41 to 15. Unreal. Crazy. Unreal. And didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt in that round. And uh, after the I fight. Guess, I guess maybe he did after the 145 round. Yeah, after that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but after the fight, Gon could have gone out to dinner. Nobody would have known what, what he had just done. Hundred percent. You know, he he looked pretty good. Like, yeah. and he got he got hit clean. Um, talk to me about so 
They talked a little bit about snap kicks versus teeps. Is that the same thing or is that a different kick? So I don't know if you can see my leg, but a teep, you know, is going to be hip extended. Yep. You know, You're, okay. With the ball of your foot. Okay. Snap kick is pop. Okay. Pop. Okay. And, and that's what Connor does to the belly really yep. well. That's what Surogan was doing to his belly really well. Okay. They're a lot harder to catch. Because they're know, so much faster. Yeah, they're going to pop and be back. They're not okay. bang, you know, they're not that push okay. uh, and that snap to the to the stomach. It's the same thing, actually, Lucas in his uh, three fights ago, he threw in the, at the bell of the third round and caught the guy in the chin. Still at that point hadn't trained that a day of kicking in his life. Michael Chandler style? Yes, but, and, and it would have it knocked the guy clean unconscious, but he kicked with the top of the foot okay. and hit the chin. He, he caught up instead of getting with the right. ball. And and had it been with the ball, yeah. the way it was, man, yeah. it was it was thrown with a lot of power. It snap kicked him with the top of the foot, ended up hurting his foot for like three months. I think it was still hurting <laughs> his next fight. But we went over it, yeah. you know, since yeah. then. And man, it's a, it's a weapon. You know, it's yeah. a it's a nasty weapon. But that that is a, a front snap kick that is basically to the body, to the to the chin. Uh Leota Machida knocked out Randy Couture with it. Vitor yep. Belford, I forget. Oh, oh, Anderson Silva knocked out Vitor Belford with it. You know, and then recently, and then Michael, Michael Chandler, Chandler murdered Tony uh, Ferguson. Ferguson with it. And so, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a dangerous kick. Definitely a dangerous kick. And that seemed, you mentioned this when when I went through and and I re-listened to the podcast this morning that you talked about um, Sergon going to the body and working the body, working the kicks. I mean, this went almost. I did say that before the you, fight, right? You did, yeah, yeah. and and I mean, this went almost exactly as you scripted it. Again, this was even more so. You called three rounds unanimous decision for Whitaker, but this one, you were even a little bit more in depth about how you thought it was going to go, and it kind of went right to script. Yeah. Well, I thought he would use the body and the legs to stay away from the hands, to stay away from his power for a little bit. Yep. Until he wore him out a little bit, then start. Going to the head and and, and the jabs, and the jabs happened. by Gone were yeah, were they're on point. They were they were fantastic. Um, a great fight. I hate I hated to see Tuivasa lose. I, I got to be honest. I a five fight win streak, which was like the biggest, the longest in the division at yeah, the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, and and where does he go? I'm not sure, but I, I dig that guy. And I don't, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, and I think you and I see things a little a little bit differently. Um, but during the second round, they're gone with each other. And, uh, during the third round, it looked like, uh, gone got a low kick and two, he was like, no, you got my belly and he's yeah. showing his stomach he the and he's like, no, was like, I'm like, good. I'm good. And Gon's <laughs> like, come on, man, let's get into this. Let's go. You know? And they were, it was so cool to see them have fun and yeah. laugh with each other while they're trying to take each other's head off. And it goes back to. Something that I felt from the beginning, the very first time I watched UFC, this was in 1995, I watched a bootleg VHS that some dude at work had, and I watched it, I'm like, that is awful. That yeah. is, I can't, that is awful. I want nothing to do with this. And I walked out of that office and I'm like, there's no way I'm, you know. Human cockfighting, everybody just, called it. It was, it was awful to me. Now that I'm understanding it a little bit more and I see, number one, I understand the sport, uh, just at a very small level from the training that I've done. And then understanding and watching guys like that, that they're generally speaking, there's not animosity. There's not, this isn't, this isn't two people trying to, 
hurt each other. This is two people working on their craft and trying to win a match that is physical and mental and strategic. And yeah, the stakes are higher, but I I just, that was, that was a cool moment for me to watch those things. Even in the, in round one, when the crowd was singing the French national anthem and two is like, man, look, they're cheering for you. That's freaking awesome. I'm like, man, that is, that is awesome. I think first of all, they're both good guys. Yeah. You know, they're both good guys. And I think that for the most part, that's how it is in the sport. You know, everyone, for the most part, is is cool. Um, you get your Connors, your Colby Covingtons, your you know your real big trash talkers. Yeah. That you know that's their shtick, right? That's how they make their money. That's how they you know. Uh, that's how they sell tickets, right? And and they win fights, you know. And that's why you know Connor hasn't been winning fights, and uh, I'd imagine, you know, he's set himself up where he's going to be still making money for his fights because he has such a following but if you started off talking like connor talks and we're opening up on a five fight losing streak no one be watching you know what i mean so you have to win you have to you have to perform as well but uh the the trash talk i'm not a fan you know i i i I thought it was funny what they were doing as well they weren't really talking trash to each other no not at Um, all so so i thought it was funny um, but I'm not a fan of the trash talk. Uh, the respect after the fight when Cyril pulled Tui back in yeah. there, raised his hand, and he's like, hey, Paris, you know, yeah. give it up for two, you know, for Ty. And I just, I don't know, man. There's things like that that, that give me, I know it sounds cheesy, but it gives me hope that, like, sure. people can still be cool, you know? Sure. Like, it was just, I don't know, it, it was just a good moment for me. It was an awesome fight. <laughs> not to run your parade, but neither one of them were American. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's right so hopefully there is hope that's right that's a that's that's a that's a good call um uh, you suck um moving on yeah uh just a uh, full fight with uh the total strikes were one 110 to 29 um knockdowns they each got one um i did notice something i wanted to uh check on on go ahead on the be- on the very end of the fight the the combo it was the last 10 seconds That's what i want to talk about too it was a hammer fist to the back of the head which is the one strike that actually did drop him so dana i read was calling for a a, a, a dq a, a, yeah overturn of, okay. the, of the call really um yeah and i guess um goddard mark goddard the ref yeah missed the same thing i god i just read what fight it was but he missed it in another major fight as well um to be honest i think it was the usman fight i heard he i heard he landed multiple to the back of the head okay um earlier in the fight um but yeah he he's i read he's off main events moving forward really yeah because he missed that hammer fist yeah both of of those were main events yeah and and uh he was calling for i think he was calling to overturn the the decision of that of that knockout because of the strike to the back of the head it was a clear club to the back of the head yeah absolutely and it wasn't like the ear in the back of the head you're supposed to they say mohawk if your hand touches the ear and the rest of the hands in the back okay that's legal okay so for me that's great because my hand covers the whole back of their head (laughs) and their ear but that was a, a hammer fist uh, yeah, straight to the back of the head, and that's clear. the one. He was already hurt, no question, but that's the one that actually put him to the ground. So um, we'll see what happens with that. I did not hear that. That's really interesting. If that fight gets overturned, what are your thoughts? I mean, 
Where they run it back? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess. I uh, mean, would they call it a no contest then? Is that. Yeah. Both, yeah. For both of them, and then you just do it again in four months when they're healed up? Yeah, I guess so. It would have been a DQ had it been stopped right then uh, in the in the moment, but it was uh, it would be a no contest now, I believe. Um, and I guess run it back. I don't know. Tuivasa knows that he was already hurt. You know, yeah. he's a smart. He's not a. He's not a. You know, we just talked about it. So I don't know that he may just say no. I was. You know, that was that was fine. But but if not, you've you've been a ref before, correct? On accident twice. How quickly are though are you processing that kind of stuff? I know they're professionals. They've been trained through it. These guys have seen a lot. This is their job. I don't want to take anything away from it, but. Uh, put it in in context of someone who's never done it before. How hard is it to catch that stuff in real time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to catch it if you're in the right place. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch the fight where he was standing when that actual strike landed. Was he at an angle behind? Vaughn I think he as was. He landed I think he in, was or? like eight o'clock, seven o'clock to gone. If you were in gone, he's coming over. I feel like he right. was um, back into his left and, from, from and gone. He was here. Yeah. 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 And 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 so he should have seen it. I think he should have. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And, and so you know, if he should have seen it or did see it, because I I thought he saw it as I was watching. I was like, ah, it's the back of the head. I mean, I saw it right real yeah, time, I yelled and right I was away. like, whoa. Um, and then you know, nothing was said. So I was like, okay. Um, I didn't get online afterwards. Usually you can get online and see a just million people, people just you know, talk about it. it. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure. But if they run it back, cool. Um, hopefully Tuivasa does a lot of sit-ups and, and tightens up his belly. I don't know. I think he was bragging that, he, that it, it protected <laughs> that low kick a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, man, I don't know. Gone, gone is, the, is the better fighter. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And, and even if they do. Honestly, God, I think he's a better fighter than, than – uh, the champ. Nganu? Yeah, I just think Nganu has so yeah, much power. So, and he wrestled him. So Nganu actually, after the fight, was... And I, I wanted to, I want to like Nganu. It seems like he's a good dude. Um, but afterwards, he's like, you know, I'm the champ. I've already beat him. I watched him here. Nothing that I'm really that impressed with. I've already beat him, so why would I be impressed with what he did here? And I'm right. like, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. No, I mean, I'm impressed with people I beat. You know, you can still watch them and be impressed by them. Sure. Sure. We had a, a few more questions. You want to transition? Yeah, let's go. Transition to those. So we had a few more questions uh, that came in. Um, this was another question. We probably should have talked about this when we were when we were talking about your relationship with your kids and, and whether or not Luke and, and Tyler, Tyler would fight. Would fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ronnie. My cousin messaged me right away and goes, who won the 10-second scrap? <laughs> uh, who won? The, remember, who, 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 yeah, are you are you gonna are you gonna die on that? No, it was uh, it was. I um, mean, they were. You said they were young. They were very young. Tyler was forty pounds lighter than Lucas, okay, and a head shorter. And they got into an argument before they rolled, and Luke said, "I'll just smash you like that." And I I don't know what it all started it. And then they rolled, and Lucas got up to walk away, and Tyler goes, "Well, you didn't smash me." And Luke's standing, Tyler's sitting down. So Luke sits down and shoves his head and walks away. We watch on, I had it on security footage for a long time. I, I don't know where <laughs> it is now. But Tyler, without a bat of an eyelash, Luke turned around to walk away. Tyler rocked right up to his feet. Yeah. Walked behind him at this angle. Okay. And with perfect form, 
wham, straight right hand, perfect form, uh, sucker punches Luke in the jaw. And Luke, Luke, Luke had never been punched in his face in his life. Okay. And he turns like this and turns around, and they're about 10 or 15 feet from the corner of the mat. Okay. And Luke runs machine gunning Tyler in the face <laughs> until they hit the corner. Yeah. And then Tyler goes to hook out or slip out and Lucas hooks him. And then I grab Luke basically and suplexed him. I came running from across yeah, the mat yeah, yeah. and suplexed him onto the floor and picked him up. And we all went in the back and Tyler had started the fight. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was screaming at Lucas and, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, and uh so did you yeah, go back you have to watch the footage before you oh, had a conversation with no him again, I, no or? i was a little too hot we had the conversation right then yeah and then uh i found out as the conversation was happening that tyler punched him first okay and then i was mad that i was as mad at luke and then um two hours later they're both sitting on the couch playing video games together the rest of the night and they're chill that's that's now they're you know like i said and i got some funny messages for this too but they're the smart nick and nate Oh, <laughs> so I debated whether or not to 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 make a reel on that because I knew that. You, but it was you couldn't not. That oh, was you had gold. to. Had to. That was gold. It's true. So, um, with talking about your kids, and actually this this probably this question probably is great into the story. Ronnie says, "I saw your post about the question you asked. One question I've always wanted to ask is how you balance the relationship between father and son as his coach in MMA." without getting emotional during the fight. We've talked, you, you do, emotions are, are, are at the surface for you. We've already talked about that. But yeah. how do you look at it and say, I know that's my son and I want to protect him, but I also want to coach him as a fighter? Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I, so me and Luke, me and Luke live together, right? Got a pretty big house. He runs the upstairs. I don't bother him. You know, he's 22 years old. So I don't, I don't bother him. I also, you know, love the fact that he lives with me because it makes things so much easier training wise. Uh, we have a gym in the garage where we do all strength conditioning and then all the rest of the stuff, you know, we do here at the gym, but, uh, I stay out of his hair. You know, we see each other in the kitchen. We, you know, we're at the gym together all day, but I stay out of his hair. And, and, uh, so when it comes time to coaching, I'm just coaching you know, and, and he's gotten, I think maybe only two times, literally in all the, all of the training gotten upset with me during, during training where I was telling him to do something, you know, and, and, uh, he had said something back to me and, uh, was a little frustrated, you know, and, but, but, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, other than that, we get along so well that it is, it is, First of all, for him being as good as he is, I approach everything, um, like I said the other day, as a question. Yes. Um, yes. Because for, for more than one reason. For, for one reason, because he responds so fast, I don't want him to do the wrong thing because I shouted it out right away. The other one is to let him feel like it was his idea. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you know, I'll be like, hey, you know, what do you think about, what, what do you think about doing this? Oh, yeah, I think that's good. Perfect. Try it. You know, instead of like, hey, do this. Hey, do that. So I, I balance the relationship uh, pretty well. Um, I bring in other guys, right? I bring in um, Raphael for his boxing. So he, he coaches in there. I don't have to say a word. Mm -hmm. You know, every once in a while, I'll stay up, stand up and say something just because I've got more MMA experience than Raphael. And Raphael, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll, he'll do something different. But 
I I approach everything pretty even all the way across as far as the coaching goes, so that um, it doesn't affect me and him at home. It doesn't affect me and him as a relationship because more than anything to me, the relationship the relationship is the most important thing. So when he's fighting, I try to think about he's he's in a fight. I'm coaching the guy that's in a fight, right? Um, that's why I probably cry when the fight's over because then it's okay. Now it's his son, now your son my son. Again. Now my son is yeah, yeah, his yeah. fight is over. Yeah. You know, and and that's when I, you know, I'm able to let all my emotions out for for the fight week that we just had and and everything and the preparation for the last three months that we had and whatnot. So um, he hasn't been in real trouble yet, you know. So I haven't had you know too much uh, crazy you know uh, feelings as far as having to watch him in a in a war. You right. know, uh, I watch him in a pretty tough fight in Vegas as, as an amateur. Uh, actually, his, his second second and third fight as amateur were, were pretty pretty good scraps, and uh, he got hit good. And um, I learned after the second fight that I need to calm down, even if he's in trouble, right? So I, I've still got to be clear yeah. in my coaching and whatnot. And Pat Militech had messaged me and said, man, you were so chill and did such a great job coaching him during the fight. And he was close to me when I thought he was in a little bit of trouble. And I thought in my head that I was losing it. But then Pat messaged me and said that. And I was like, oh, maybe it was more in my head. You yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. that it went that way. So balancing, you know, as Ronnie asked, Ronnie's a, a really good friend of mine, actually, from California. Um, balancing is I, I don't balance just the fight. I balance all of it. You know, I balance the relationship at home because our entire relationship, 50% of its training. Sure. You know? So I, I, I try to keep everything on an even keel all the way and, and help him as much as I can everywhere I can. And, and uh to be honest, once I got sick last year, all that multiplied a thousand times, right? Yeah. Like I, I then realized that, man, I could have not been here for the rest of this this whole ride, you know. So I kind of let him know that, and then just really take in everything that we do now every time we do it, and and that's why I have so much fun traveling with him and, and doing everything we do together. You know, one of the things that that I've noticed, um, I, I've heard in parenting that. Um, there is, it's almost like an emotional bank account and you have to make a lot of deposits in there before you can make significant withdrawals. I agree. Um, and I think when you're making withdrawals as, um, defined by me as, um, really getting him to push, it's that, that extra round that he doesn't want to train for that, that those extra reps that you're like, no, you need to do this. I think you do a good job of making a lot of deposits ahead of time so that when you're asking for those withdrawals and you're making him go where he doesn't want to go, right. he, you, you have enough of a relationship that he understands. If you didn't have that relationship and you were pulling that out of him, I think, I think you'd get a different result out of it. I think that's where a lot of dads have a hard time coaching their kids. You know, yeah. everyone talks about it's hard to coach your kid. You know, it's like, it could be. You know, like I, I came up watching dads coach jujitsu kids yeah. you know coach motocross kids i watch a dad throw rocks at his kid as his kid went by on a motocross uh, in a race and i told the dad right then i said you throw another rock i'm gonna knock you out right here and he looked at me and i said you throw another rock and i repeated it and everyone was just like they knew i was 
clearly capable, you know, at the, at the, at right. the motocross races with little kids yeah. and, and this kid's dad, as I, I told him, I said, you throw another rock and, and the guy didn't throw another rock and his kid was flying. He was in third place at a national championship and he was flying and he's throwing a, a rocks at him yelling, twist the freaking throttle. And I'm just like, dude, I'm going to kill this guy. And, um, Tyler went by, he was in seventh place and I was like, yeah, come on, you know, cheering him on because I'm, I'm not the, here's a participation trophy, but I know if you're giving me your all and yeah. he was trying, he was trying his hardest, yep. you know? And, and so, yeah, I just, uh, I never pushed these guys in that way when they were competing. You know, we talked about this before when, when on, on Luke and Tyler's podcast, when, if they lose a match, if someone at a high level loses a match, you don't have to go lecture them. You don't have to go bitch and complain to them. They know. They didn't try to lose, right? They're, they're going to be the hardest one on themselves. Yeah. If you have a really competitive person, they're going to be the hardest ones on themselves. So I just, you know, I chill. You okay? You good? Cool. We'll talk about it a little bit, yep. you know? And, and once that time comes, then we'll address what, it went, what happened, you know, what went wrong, what maybe could have gone differently had we done this, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I just feel like I approach it differently because a lot of dads talk about not wanting like you're not friends with your kids you're their dad yeah right? yeah yeah. but i i find that as as adults a little bit different we are friends we're, we're best friends and and i'm his coach so i care about him this all just came up again with with luke's contractual stuff you know with bellator nobody's gonna look after him more than me yeah you know and and so it just yeah i, I feel like i've got my way of doing it and so far it's been pretty successful i'm going to go back just for a second because this this question's been kicking around in my mind you said that uh, tyler sucker punched um luke is that the hardest he's ever been hit or um, do you think that was as hard no, as any no then and then it was at that point he got hit by a kid as an amateur in mexico or in a, a mexican kid as an amateur in vegas that, yeah. that came from tijuana yeah we thought he was one and oh and speaking to the kid afterwards, he was eleven and one, and ended up losing to Luke. So he was eleven and two, stud kid. Yeah. And he hit Lucas with, he hit him with two punches. And every time I show the clip to somebody, when the first one lands, they're like, oh, I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> then the next one comes, just straight, clean, straight right hand across the jaw. And Luke went bink, and sat back like that. And I was like, he, he just ate that. I was like, holy smokes, you know. And uh, you know, realize he's he's got a chin. He's also been hit in training. Yeah, you know, a couple times I, I watched him get hit with a, a hook one time that rah, his jaw, and he just was right back there. And I was like, man, I'm feeling those. <laughs> yeah, who's got a better chin, Chris yeah. Brennan or Lucas Brennan? Yeah, let's not find out. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's uh, Tyler did hit him clean though. So John submitted four questions, and we'll kind of do maybe we can. There's four of them here. We can kind of do rapid rapid fire okay. that we can we can finish off with these we've got a few more we're not we're not giving up on and we're going to continue to add these into each podcast but john asked um and we'll go kind of rapid fire on them a little bit number one do you think you'll ever compete in, gra in a grappling tournament again yes i just need to get my lungs to a better percentage than they are yeah um but yes i would love to um i would love to win worlds for a fourth time um and and you know it depends where i'm at training wise it depends where yeah. i'm at you know, camp wise with Lucas and something like that, and where Tyler. I have time. Yeah, where I have time to prepare for it. Okay. Um, but it, it's not important to me now. Yeah. You know, so if there's something else going on, if Tyler's got a tournament that weekend, I'd rather go to his tournament than win a world championship. <laughs> 
Uh, the answer that you gave was the answer I think everybody was hoping to hear. I was honestly expecting you to say, mm, probably not, but the fact that you were so quick, yes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would love that's to. That's phenomenal. Question number two from John. If you could play replay one thing in your career, what would it be? Um, training at my gym, training at home, um, not seeking out better guys like I do with Luke, going yep. to train with Bryce, going to train at Glory with James Krause, you know, um, being the best guy in the room all the time. And I, I didn't do that because I, I was um, afraid of getting beat by guys. That's I did just what I, you, I owned the gym. Right, and that's what and, was available, right? Yeah, I mean, I could have gone to other places, but I owned the gym. I was married with children, and I already would leave for two weeks to go to Big Bear just for to get my mind right, to train the altitude and whatever. But I'd never, I never sought out you know, uh, outside training and, and I think that was a, a big thing. That's why I think you either find a gym, you know, that, that's got, you know, great coaching and, and great training partners or take yourself to one, you know, when it, when it comes time to prepare. But, yeah, that's, I think, the, was my biggest. That and uh, not wrestling. Mm. I'm going to go add a 2A to that. Um, who hit you the hardest in, in your fights? It's hard to say, man. I, I got uh, a couple examples of getting hit really hard and not feeling it was John Alessio. Um, we were tit for tat, uh, you know, blocking punches here and there, parrying punches, slipping, and he threw a right hand and I covered and it came through and hit me in the temple. And I remember leaning against the fence and then putting my foot down and standing up. The fight was over and I looked at the referee and I was like, don't laugh at me. I looked at the referee who was a buddy of mine and I was like, are you fouling him? Are you giving him a foul? And he goes, what? And he goes, Shh. he goes, watch the jumbotron. And when I got hit with the right hand, I hit the fence. He hit me 22 times straight and he's looking at the ref to get it to stop him. And he <laughs> stops the fight and I put my foot down and I was like, what? And all um, I remember was the one punch. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, I was about to pull guard. <laughs> no, but but I, I literally don't remember the 21 punches after the first punch. And I never fell. I just stayed there eating him like that. And then put my foot down. And I was like, what? I'm fine. Can you find that on YouTube anywhere? Um, I'm sure you can. It's on. It's, it's a king of the cage fight. So it's on. Yeah, I'd imagine it okay. is. I'd imagine it Whew. is. The other time was uh, fighting in Hawaii. Yeah. And I was fighting a guy named John Moreno. And uh, Mark, Mark Moreno, Mark Moreno. And I knew all the Hawaiians hit hard and I knew all the Hawaiians had good chins. So my goal was to never stand with, with the guys in Hawaii. And, uh, I fought this guy. I knew he hit hard. I shot in for a double leg, lifted him off his feet. And on the way down, he hit me with an uppercut. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I finished a takedown, circled around, arm barred him, won the fight. I went back, I was married at the time, went back, called my ex-wife and I was like, hey, I won the fight. And she goes, you called me 30 minutes ago and told me that. And I was like, no, I, I just won right now. She's like, no, you called me a half hour ago and told me already. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I was like, I, I literally just walked from the cage. She's like, no, you, you called me a half hour ago. So I, she goes, go see a doctor. So I went to the doctor, <laughs> the, the medical guy, and I was like, hey, I got this. Like, I, I won, but I can't remember this. And he checked my eyes. Everything was 100%. And he goes, you're good. I was like, okay, thanks. And I left. But I cornered Jeff Munson after that and walked him into a Kimura win and, and everything and uh, don't remember any of it. I don't remember anything from the time I got hit till the time I was on the telephone. 
and uh, Kamar Usman just talked about this on Joe Rogan's podcast. He said that he uh, remembers getting ready to set something up. Yep. And then waking up in the ambulance. In the ambulance. I was listening to that. And part like, you didn't wake up till the ambulance because come to, right? Like, yeah. he functioned. Yeah. He, he got up. He talked to people. He walked out. And you could tell he was messed up as he was walking out. But he didn't start remembering anything until he was in the it's ambulance. It's like his brain didn't hit record until yeah. the ambulance. So I didn't have a a technical concussion where I was nauseous or my eyes were dilated where I, you know, any of that. I just had a memory lapse. And that's happened four times in my 28 years uh, of training. Once it was for the, you know, 10 seconds with John Alessio. That 30 minutes, there was a time training in Mark Huas's garage where that happened for about 30 minutes. That was You talked about that on uh, Lights Out Podcast, Yeah, on the Lights Out Podcast. And then another time, actually, when I first moved to Texas, my friend Richard, um, who who I was giving privates to every day, we spar all the time, and he was 6'4", and uh, I beat him up, I beat him up, and then he hit me one time, and next thing I know, we're back at the hotel. <laughs> I was like, how'd we get here? Didn't remember it. Wow. Question number three from John. Who do you think the best pound-for-pound pound fighter today is? Same question for grappler. Let's go to grappler first. Yeah. Gordon Ryan. I, you I, know, I, I can't – you can't deny that guy. However, uh, he just had a match with Felipe, Felipe Pena. Uh, I think they went 45 minutes. And he got a couple sweeps, um, never passed his guard, you know, um, couple years ago at ADCC went with Bushesha, never passed his guard um, never got his guard pass he, he did sweep him at the very beginning um, before there were points and then there were no points scored I think he's great I think he I, I think all those guys at the top are very very close I think there are a lot of very very close guys at the top of the jiu-jitsu world um, when you get to the guys lighter than them there's even more you know that are all so close and so great and so, uh, I, I mean, I guess you have to say Gordon, you know, um, but I would like to see him as much as he talks. I would like to see him submitting those guys, you yep. know, not in an hour and a half when you've now shown that your conditioning is like Nick and Nate Diaz. Like if it takes you all the way till the guy's exhausted before you can submit him, yeah. then, you know, you have better conditioning than them. You know, I'd like to see you do it in a 10 minute match, a 15 minute, 15 sure. minute match. Sure. You know, so pound for pound fighter. I still think Usman's better than Leon. Yep. Um, I, I think that Leon was – I think he's great. I think he didn't quit, and I think he, you know, landed whatever. You can't land a, 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 a one strike at the one-minute mark of the fifth round and say you're better. He's great, but I just think Kamar Usman's better. I think he wins the decision uh, uh, on the rematch. I think – um, Khabib's retired. GSP's retired. It's a very tough call. Um, I think that Al Alexander Volkanovsky is a stud. He's number one on UFC's pound for pound. Um, you got him, Adesanya, Oliveira, Usman, and then you've got Ngannou, Edwards, and then it kind of goes down from there. I, who was two and three? Um, Adesanya and Oliveira. Yeah, like I, th I like I. Th I would pick Oliveira over Adesanya only because he's so skilled everywhere. He's so good on the feet. He's so good on the ground. Yeah. You know, um, I know that if you're just going by wins, you know, that Adesanya is better. He's got a better record. He's done better. Um, but, like, pound for pound, best fighter. I, I think that, you know, if you put Oliveira 
and Adesanya together at the same size, yeah, I think Oliveira's a better fighter. Um, would you put Gegard Mousasi in there? Man, now, um, I mean, I know, know he just lost. Yeah, but, but now I, you know, I think he's he's probably not in the top ten. I don't know. It's hard to say. Five years ago and more, I think he's always been a top guy, always a top six, seven guy. It's really hard to do this because the fight game changes. There, there's a lot of um, evolution that happens in the sport, like every sport. You, know, you can have the Michael Jordan versus LeBron debate. There's all kinds of uh, debates. All day. All right, that's the right answer, by the way. Um, if you had, I know your favorite fighter is GSP. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick going kind of spanning the 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 breadth of ufc would you put him as pound for pound best would of you, all time yeah absolutely not close no i don't i don't think it's close okay i think the competition that he faced i think he came in early not only here, here's why uh who did adesanya beat to get the belt is there a way to look that up yeah i can look it up um gsp came in against the guy who's a nine-time champion, Matt Hughes. He lost to him. He came back and beat him handily, handed him his ass, rematched, beat him again. Then only had one other loss. It was to Matt Sarah, kind of like what happened the other night, got caught slipping, got knocked out, came back, dominated him and beat him. And then went on the craziest win streak ever. But he took out the guy who was the GSP before him. Okay. He took out the Adesanya. He took out, you know, the guy who was on the, the terror for years that no one wanted to fight that was dominating everyone. And and so I think that uh and then he retired, took four years off, I think. Yeah. Came back, moved up to middleweight and beat the champion Michael Bisbing and submitted him, finished him, dropped him and then finished him. I think if he moved down to 55 and fought Khabib, I think he would have beat Khabib as well. I'm looking, so I'm just, I pulled Hard up. Hard tell when he got the belt. Uh, yeah, it is, but I I'm, I'm think we might be able, so he beat Anderson Silva in 2019. That was, yeah. that was an old Anderson Silva that didn't, that didn't much. Then he beat Calvin, Gaste, Calvin Gastelum. Gastelum. Uh, then Whitaker the was after that. I'm wondering Whitaker if it was Whitaker. Whitaker had the belt, yeah. And then he went on a run of Yoel Romero, Paulo Costo, Vittori, Whitaker again, and Cannoneer. Then we had that loss in there to Blahovich in between. But go back to beating Whitaker. Can you click on Whitaker? Yeah. Who had he fought before that? And he, he did KO him. Mark, yeah. Funny Mark Goddard was the ref for that one. I was there. Oh, that's the right. That was uh, the one yeah. in Australia. So let me, let me pull up Whitaker here. Um, what, what did you want to He know? wasn't on any sort of streak that was crazy like Adesanya's is right now, like Matt Hughes was, you know, like he no, didn't No, he was on a, he, he was on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine win streak before he lost who did it. He, who can you tell me who he beat? Romero like he twice. Um, I don't know who he got the belt from. You, you, you twice. Souza before that, Brunson, okay. Rafael Nadal, Uriah Hall, Brad Tavares, Clint Hester, and Mike Rhodes. Right. So those so are really on. So he didn't get the belt until Yoel... Or who was before Yoel? Ronald Souza. Uh, Jacare. Yeah, he didn't get the belt okay, for one of those okay. two fights. So he wasn't Ronaldo. on a crazy titled run. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. He had, good, he had, he had a, a good run. Streak, but uh, Matt Hughes, you know, those guys had been on yeah. major title runs. And uh, just like, like Adesanya is now. So I think it's a big, you know, I just feel like who did Khabib 
get the 55 belt from. Mm-hmm. I forget, but even he up. didn't didn't have that many defenses. Yeah, and 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 that's the knock on Khabib is his defense his title defense wasn't um, as strong as. But I know that he was suppressed. He did not get the belt when he should have. He did not get the fights when he should have. Uh, he was winning and winning and winning, and uh, I think they made it difficult for him to get the title shot. Uh, or he'd have been the champ a little longer. Yeah, well, twenty nine and oh, isn't yeah. that what? What? Yeah. And they were they were actually talking. I was listening to to Rogan and Usman this morning, actually before I came in as well. And um, you know, they were trying to say, would would Khabib ever come out of retirement? Yeah, I said he wouldn't even come back for a grappling match. Um, yeah, well, and it sounded like you know, um, I'm not even see if I can pull it up here, but. Um, it sounds like he's gigantic right now. Yeah, he is. He said he weighed in a heavyweight, right? Which is over 206. That's yeah. what Patty is right now, too. Yeah, what's up with Patty? I don't know. Is that dude just eating? Is he? He's definitely eating. I, I'm, yeah, he's definitely eating. Um, last question for you then, and I, I like this one. I think it's a great question to end on in this one. What, what are you most proud of in your career? Um, that's a tough call. Um fighting anybody you know i was the guy who would fight anybody on short notice on long notice i i would you know i never uh turned down fights with guys um could have probably been to my detriment but i i'd fight anybody and everybody knew that um my also great accomplishment is i've got what 19 submission wins 18 first round submission wins um as a professional mma fighter that is a that's a heck of a thing to accomplish um it it, fighting the way i did is the same reason i have you know the amount of losses i have because i went out and went after it and you know i i won i won 21 fights and i had one decision win one knockout win and 19 submission wins you know so um that's probably that fighting for the ufc belt fighting in pride you know i did a lot of things i was the first person to fight for the UFC 170 belt. I was the first fight at 170 in the UFC. I was the first lightweight fight in Pride. You know, I was the first win in Pride at, at lightweight. Um, you know, I I won the Jiu-Jitsu World Championships three times. Yep. You know, I, did, I, was, I was able to do a lot of things. I, I lost a lot of matches in my fights. I think 11, 12, 12 matches, 12 fights. Um, but again, training the way I was able to train with my guys and do whatever I accomplished um, enough to where I am now able to provide everything I am for my family yeah. with, with my teaching background and, and gyms and stuff. I, I mean, obviously you got to put fighting Pat three times, um, yeah. and just er- earning three fights. And you said, I, I, in one of the podcasts, you mentioned that your first fight with Pat was your, your sixth professional fight. Is that right? Fifth. fifth. Yeah. Fifth, sixth and fifth, sixth and eighth. I think I was four and oh. And then I fought Pat, went to a draw, five and zero oh and one, and then we fought again two months later. Yep. And um, lost a split decision to him, and then fought two months later again. But I fought once. We fought twice that night. I fought somebody else first to get between us. Okay. Um, and won that fight. So I think I fought him. I was four, five. I was five and one, five one and one, uh, and fought him again. You know, so. I was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I didn't have any other background. I didn't wrestle. 
Um, I was just a fighter, and and so he was much better than me. I was just tough, man, and he knew it. And and we'll tell you now that I was some of his toughest fights. So yeah, you went four wins, a draw. So now you're four zero and one. Then you lost to him. So now you're four one and one. You beat Courtney Turner. Courtney Turner. So now you're five one and one. And then you lost to Pat again. Yeah. So now you're five two and one. Yeah. And then you know you you. You were going basically two and one for about your next, you know, four, 12, 13 matches. You'd go two and one, yeah. you know. I had three a three one. fight win streak in there. Yep. And then two uh, and two right there, loss, three, loss, two, loss. Um, you had a lot of, lot yeah. of, you know, just, it's like, that's like a baseball record right there. I stayed know? busy, man. Yeah. I, I was constantly fighting. I, I don't know if, I'm sure, I don't know if you've ever done this, but just in looking it up right here. Um, when I went to SureDog, I, I type in Brennan. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21-14-1 is what SureDog shows you as. Um, but I think maybe one of the coolest things we can probably end on this is that uh, when I when I type in Brennan, you're not the first Lucas Brennan comes that up. comes up first. <laughs> Lucas comes up first. I mean, honestly, that's my – when you ask what's my biggest accomplishment, uh, yeah. my biggest accomplishment is them yeah. being able to now do what they do because of what I did. So cool. And, and that is – I laid the groundwork basically to have that and and that's probably the coolest thing for me you know for sure of course they earn everything they get but he wouldn't have walked in and started in bellator you know he wouldn't have you know whatever so i think a lot of this stuff is has been pretty awesome because of what i was able to do as a fighter in first. in basketball you hear a lot of especially in street ball you hear people say the ball don't lie it either goes in or it doesn't right. the ball doesn't lie right and i feel like in mixed martial arts, you may get some help along the way, but Connor is a great example of this. Um, at some point, you either win your fights or you don't. Right. And no one else can fight those battles for you. Dad can't come in and help you. Your coach can't come in and help you. So if anybody is saying, yeah, Chris wouldn't, or Luke wouldn't be where he was without you, I think there's a part of that that's true because you've given him a lot of knowledge. But when that bell rings, literally, it's it's Luke, and he's got a performer. He seven, doesn't seven and zero, and he's performed seven times. Yeah. Three um, as an amateur, so ten fights so straight. Ten, you know, he's, ten, ten and zero. Yeah, and that's you, not that's not because I put him there. That's because he yeah. finished, he, he and, won his fights. And you can't do anything to help him once that door closes. He has five first round submissions. It's he amazing. is uh, he's chasing me. He's he's the he's tied for fourth right now for most submissions in Bellator history. And, and, you know, uh, we'll see, you know, where that, where that uh, ends up. It's good stuff, man. Awesome. It's cool. You, sir. Thanks, guys. It is all over. Just like that.